right? For um, season three. That's yeah. What you're and I have been setting up equipment and getting us ready to go because we're kind of rushed because we've got some stuff to do after this. So I forgot entirely what we were going to talk about. So can you get us started today, Tanya, and kind of talk a little bit about what we said we wanted to talk about? And I know we've I, I shift shoved shift subjects all the time when I'm trying to do stuff. But um, what do you want to talk about today? <laughs> you had talked about the couple things you learned at the pastor's um, um, you were going to talk about trusting your heart the scripture I, I don't even remember what the reference was is it Isaiah um, the heart is deceitful above all else yeah um, trusting our feelings versus some things that's true and I, I guess I did we shifted all over I did I said that if we wanted to do Oh my gosh, I have so many notes. We're starting an entire episode about things that um, and I'm going, oh yeah, look at the last episode. We talked about what we wanted to talk about here too. Um, yeah, we can talk about that. I talked about it earlier. Um, well, it's a good subject because lots of people think they should listen to their heart. That's like the whole... It is. And many uh, uh, songs have been written, listen to your heart. You know, <laughs> listen whatever. to your heart. I, I think you're right. I, I um for, if anyone wonders if we uh, do these off the cuff or not, if we plan them out, this is your evidence. Uh, it's very much we, we come to these things with a lot of ideas on our mind about what we want to do. And then I listen to my heart sometimes at the last minute and think, what about this? This is an interesting conversation we're having. Let's talk about it. Um, but today I was with a group of pastors in our community. And one of the things that we're dealing with in our community is um, people are coming back to church after being away from church for so long with COVID. Um, well, they haven't had COVID, but because of COVID. And they're coming in shifts and things we've seen. And one of the things that um, is sad and we might can touch on is, I, is we're seeing that some of our churches that have been um, in our community have had racially mixed and diverse congregations are finding that that racial component is not coming back due to some of the racial tensions that were experienced in 2020, at least that's what it seems like. So we're learning, they were, we're living the lessons of what happens when relationships are separated for periods of time. We lose the ability to, to, to believe in one another because we're not interacting with one another. Um, again, a, a great conversation. We have a real life lesson on that through these COVID times. But one of the things that came up in that conversation was that we tend to shift with how we feel and in the Greek construct the feelings are in the heart and so we say when we say you know someone wants to follow their heart or follow after they're saying follow after your emotions or your passions and um, the uh, prophet Jeremiah records um, in uh, did I say Jeremiah 17 I think I forgot where it was but anyway uh, that you should that the heart is deceitful about everything else and it is completely without repair and meaning that we lie to ourselves we um we it's not something that is reliable at all for us to continue to look at our own feelings our emotions yeah. and and that relates to well um, it relates to a lot of different areas we were talking earlier about some marriages that were are struggling around us and I think it's the same thing. You listen to your heart. Well, first you're told, you know, your heart's going to tell you the one you're supposed to be with, and then you're gonna, then it's, then you're told that, no, um, you know, if your heart, whatever, if you don't 
you fall out of love, then all of a sudden you should dump this person and go on to the next person. There's all kinds of cultural, uh, I don't know what, fallbacks maybe on, on your passions, your desires, your whatever, you know, listen to your own heart. And like we've said so many times, the Bible's kind of takes right the opposite viewpoint of what life really ought to be because in that passage especially, it's deceitful. We, we don't even know what's in our heart half the time. We don't even understand what it is that would be motivating for us or in the long run actually be good for us. So we, we as humans have faulty... Uh, faulty principles that we fall back on yeah Yeah. and this is one of them and and i just passed a sign the other day that for the most part has had a pretty good message it seems kind of biblical even there's you know one of those little uh neon type signs where you put the letters up on and down here and but just the other day i was kind of disappointed because it said something like follow your heart or (laughs) make uh it was it was a, supposed to be a kind gesture, you know. Your heart knows who to be kind to, kind of thing. But that's not true. I don't I don't think that our heart is what is going to be reliable to at least if we really want the long run of um, truth, the long run of real what what is pure um, love or true, you know, a truthful type of love. I guess to ro- to rule over us. It is not going to be dependent on our emotion. Yeah, I um, the the reference is Jeremiah seventeen nine. So uh, it was in that's where it's at. It says the heart in, is more deceitful than anything else and desperately sick. Who mm-hmm. can understand it? The idea here, um, I think the quote that I gave was like the old King James version that I was reared up in and that kind of thing. But the idea is beyond repair. Desperately sick is another way to render that. But it's saying in essence that. It's there's not a there's not a natural cure for a broken emotional barometer. Um, there's there's an interesting term that I learned. Well, it's it's been around for a long time, but we use it a lot um, more frequently today, thanks to the what I learned is the um, art or the um, the art of psychology. It's more an art form than a science, apparently. Um, <laughs> my son always tells me psychology isn't a science, and I'm going, okay. And it turns out apparently that. he's right. Okay. Um, so much for all those years. But uh, the thing that um, the term is emotional maturity. And um, I find that is a, a solid term because we, we kind of have traditionally and, and historically kind of left emotions as just a thing that blows in the wind. A good example of emotions, something that blows in the wind. <laughs> Whatever the wind goes, it affects your emotions. You can yeah, literally definitely. get up on the wrong side of the bed apparently. Um, and, you know, we have enough phrases out there to characterize that. But yet we, we um, aren't aware enough that we don't want to, we, we tend to want to live our lives just kind of pacifying our emotions rather than for what is right and good. So emotional mm-hmm. maturity is being able to be someone who can be aware of feeling, but yet not have feeling dominate them. Someone who's emotionally immature, an immature, an infant is emotionally immature. They cry when they're hungry and they don't stop crying for regard of you trying to sleep. <laughs> it doesn't matter. They're hungry. And so there's no emotional connection to consider that mom may be tired and you can eat later. But, you know, as an, as an infant matures, you know, hopefully they learn, okay, I don't have to eat the moment. And, you know, obviously a newborn is different than a 
three-year-old who I'm hungry mommy I'm hungry and they just don't want to sit still for a little while <laughs> um, I got to go to the bathroom I got to get up you know that kind of stuff so emotional maturity is when you're less and less governed by um, by your emotions and more and more able to be aware of be aware of how you um, your presence in an environment impacts the people in your environment and then how to respond within that for the benefit of the group rather than just for self-benefit and so when you look at something like a deceitful heart um, the uh, earlier it says up here in this passage, it says, uh, I just read it and lost it. Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind, who makes human flesh his strength and turns his heart from the Lord. So the other side of that is the heart is referenced here. And where we should be placing our heart is in the direction of the Lord. Our, uh, we should be looking to show passion and love. And, um, and emotionally seeking out God in what we're doing. And in that satisfaction, then we will become aware of how it, when that is satisfied in him, we are now able to live and act in a way where we are more satisfying. We're more able to satisfy others by being aware of them, caring about others rather than looking to chase after our own sick hearts and what yeah. we desire of. So what I read this morning kind of an extreme but but the exact words of Jesus who obviously knew what would be best for us but we have interpretations of it that maybe we would counter but he said if anyone would come after after me let him deny himself take up his cross and follow me for whoever saves his life will lose it whoever will save it but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it for what will a man profit if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what does a man give in return for his soul? So some of that just because eternally we cannot get what is actually good for us, what is actually right, what is what is satisfying. And our heart does not know. Our heart's going to try to literally deceive us, according to that scripture, you know, into to things that aren't true the thing, because it's a it's a fleshly type of connection it's not a a spiritual connection until we have given our heart <laughs> our soul over to jesus to to please him then we're not going to really even understand what's going to please us i think yeah. <laughs> i think that maybe that's what and and he's talking about because eventually we're going to be with him and that's going to be what is more important right now all we see is what's around us what's temporary what's right in front of us what what brings us pleasure what what seems to be fulfilling we can't even really know that we can't even really know the truth of the extent of that and it seems like one the more we follow our heart the more we end up in a, a place of disarray a place of confusion and hurt yeah I, I think that one of the questions that was talked about this morning in our group was, uh, have you had anyone in your um, congregation who, have you, as you've watched your congregation over the last year, has there been, have they disappointed you? Or, you know, have, you, have you seen them act in disappointing ways? Which I guess you can ask that question every year and the answer is yes. But this last year was very polarizing with the issues with racial <laughs> tensions and presidential elections and politics. And, and so, you know, you've got a collective groan across the thing. And that's what led mm -hmm. us into the whole watching our people follow their hearts, their emotions, and letting mm -hmm. their emotions get the better of them rather than um, being able to step back. I, I think in the, in the middle of that process as we're talking about 
um, you know, people who've disappointed us and those kinds of things. I mean, all of us have, we've seen, oh, I can't think of the words now. The, we divide it, we are divided um, because we're letting our emotions get the best of us. The political narrative, this just constant mm -hmm. egging and messaging that's coming across the pathway, uh, the people in our lives, and we are as guilty of it as anyone and need to be guarded against it more than anyone. And we could do an entire rest of our time talking about the dangers and damages of social media, of the places where we have have dialogue that don't require relationship, and the places where we receive information that don't, that don't demand responsibility. So you have, um, for example, every single day you can get on Facebook or Twitter or any of those places, and you can have dialogue with absolute strangers, but there's no relationship there, and you may be talking to someone and, and they may be, you know, and tear you apart in one minute, love you the next. Um, and they, and world is taken through TikTok right now, little bits of things where it's just quick and entertaining, but there's yep. all of this faux relationship that's out there that doesn't require any sense of responsibility or work um, for uh, to maintain. Then, uh, what was the other thing I said? Relationship, oh, and then the stream of information without any um, real need for us to, to to, to own the responsibility of that as well. In other words, mm -hmm. you know, every day you get up and, and you spend, you know, some point in the day you're, you're hearing the radio news or you're hearing um, the, the dialogue, the national dialogue or the local dialogue. And it's always coming from the point of view of whoever's sending that across the airwaves. And you're taking that information in, but what are you doing with it? How are you letting it affect your day? For that matter, it may be something that has nothing to do with that narrative, but someone who cuts you off in traffic can set your tone because of your heart being agitated because you're late for work or someone in your someone did have a dialogue with you in your home that morning or you know that can just set the pace mm -hmm. on how you interact being able to seize control of that emotional whimsy whimsy is not the word i want to use that emotional whim in your life and then own it and then take ownership of it and then put it in its proper place so that you don't mm -hmm. begin to do damage around you but instead that you begin to do life you begin to pour help into someone else's day it can be something as simple as um I'm, I'm rambling a little bit but you're in line in the grocery store and the find that the cashier is being really rude um or something like that it just seems like they're rather than just kind of being agitated because the person who's dealing with you in services is agitated you be overly kind back to them you just assume that they're having a bad day so you give them reason to have a good day that kind of thing um mm -hmm. that's one fix free anybody out there or you can send money to <laughs> anyway what are your thoughts that the next verse is for the son of man is going to come with his angels and the glory of the father and then he will repay each person according to what he has done it so just, I just is said. yeah exactly <laughs> well the heaviness of this scripture is there's so much more to think about you guys there's so much more going on here we don't think about losing our soul when we're talking about different pieces of of life that comes at us like we're talking about this this last year and the different things that are just really wouldn't even have to touch us except they touch everyone around us so we have to consider it we have to deal with it but what are we what is our response well it shouldn't be to save our own lives it shouldn't be to protect our own selves but it is more often than not and Jesus in this passage is saying but what's it going to profit you if you gain this whole world if you even have lots of Twitter followers or whatever you have this or that but you lose your soul because you've lost what the meaning to life is or the 
the way, like you just said, the way to um, consider that another person might be affected by what you're doing or what you're saying or, or what you're demanding or what you're, um, you know, going around just even, like you said, with the, the right, a the attitudes or whatever. I think that relates to people we interact with in a church setting, but it, it relates to anyone we react with, we, we interact with in the public, at work, whatever, but it also relates to our our spouse, our our lives and our family. What is it that's going to be the most important? Are we going to choose this or that hill to die on? Or are we going to try to literally die ourselves so that we can see someone else as as more important, especially as the message of the gospel? That's what you and I believe we're, we're to be. It just weighs heavy on me that I feel like so much recently... Um, everyone's so concerned and, and fearful for their own life especially their life on this planet and this whole COVID thing has brought that to the surface so loudly so instead of being concerned for our souls we're concerned for this or that whim or this or that saving our lives you know that that's what it makes me think of but it's it's a heavy scripture so there's a lot a lot involved in it but um and what uh <laughs> yeah you're right um that's awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's awful. all right i've just said i think at a certain mm -hmm. age you just need to give up your right to communication just go work for looney tunes and <laughs> conclude everything I, 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 that's all folks um that's a reference to an old cartoon for okay anyone. it's okay it's not dr seuss they don't care <laughs> oh, <Lord. laughs> oh goodness um that was funnier than i i, I over funnied that that wasn't um it was hilarious. Whatever you need it to be for me, baby. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. yeah. For, never. I will be what you need me to. You know, you can't Keep even going. tell that we got away You're for a few days. Um, I, I'm thinking about this, though, in the sense of the idea of what it is to not get. What is the world offering that's so that's so um, attractive? <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, and, and what are we exchanging for our soul? Yeah, what it, I mean, if, and and what what is your soul um, <laughs> needing to satisfy? Does that you know we we've talked a little bit about that. We were looking in James last night, and I love mm -hmm. James chapter four, and we we took a deeper dive into it last night, and I just found um, yep. you know basically into that chapter where James is going, who do you think you are that you're the judge over things? Um, and James eleven and and that you that you are that you can judge God's law and then who do you think you are that you're the you, you're the Lord of your time like Lord you're the, the one that knows what's going to happen in your future here you are so concerned about who's right and wrong and <laughs> and that you know who's like you know who's right and wrong there's just attitude in it and I love <laughs> attitude because I'm you know and and who are you to think you know right and wrong who you think you're going to live forever. You know, who died and made you Jesus? You know, who died and made you God? That's the point. And I think that's kind of Jesus is being much more subtle here. But saying, how do you know what's good for your soul? Yeah. And what is the law? Well, the law, Jesus said to his disciples, is to love the Lord your God with everything that you are and to love your neighbor as yourself. And so what does your soul need? Your soul needs God. Boy, that poor microphone of yours is just taking a hike. No, it's okay. It's getting lower and lower and lower. That's okay. Anyway, um, I was going to be between your knees in a minute. You're going to have to bend over to talk into it. So it's <laughs> like, hi, I'm telling you. <laughs> Sorry. I think it's funny and uh -huh. I'm in a weird place. So what is your, now to get back to serious things, because that's all we talk about <laughs> here is, um, 
what is your soul? You know, what is it that your soul needs? Mm-hmm. Um, and see, I, th- I did this last week. I think I talked more than you did. I want you, I want you to say no, wise okay. things too, because you have so many, you are <laughs> a wise funny. woman and I want you to say wise woman things. Um, Solomon did the same thing. You know, he, yeah, that's what came to my mind. This okay. See, well then you say it. <laughs> what did Solomon do? He asked okay. for wisdom. He wanted, he, his concern was to be a wise leader. And so God gave him everything else. Um, that doesn't mean necessarily that if you ask God, so Lord, I know that Solomon's magic is if I ask to be a wise leader, you're going to give me everything else. So can you please give me every, I mean, give me wisdom and then everything else too. Solomon, I don't think genuinely was concerned about everything else. He was just concerned about not screwing up the job. He wanted (laughs) to be the king that he was supposed to be. And God blessed him for having the right heart towards that. And, and so what it is to gain your, to not, what is it that we should be looking for in life to satisfy our life? And that is to find our strength in God, our relationship with him, to understand that the mm-hmm. giver of life is actually the best one positioned to give us life. Yeah. That makes sense. Absolutely. Well, taking it, I've always been a little bit confused about this passage because he says to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. So we know what I've always known or or been convinced of from very early age that following Jesus was the best part of life. It was the best thing about life. It was the only thing you should do in life anyway. The rest is kind of all, you know, as you go, you're going to be doing or whatever. But taking up your cross and, and, and denying your own self and taking up your cross, those things are difficult concepts for today. I don't think we can understand exactly what Jesus meant there. So what is it maybe... Maybe he's saying, what is it that's valuable to you that you're missing the things I'm calling valuable or something? What is it that you need to, you know, let die so that you can see that following me is the most valuable, the most um, satisfying, like you've used the word, the most true to what you're really looking for, what's really going to fulfill you? Because I made you, I know what's going to fulfill you. yeah. And I can, I can bring out of you what you can't do on your own and what you aren't able, even capable of doing. But the problem is, he says, first, you're going to have to realize you can't save yourself. Until, until you realize that and you let yourself, I guess, let your life loose so that I can save it, so that I can rescue it, then you're not going to ever find it to begin with. It's never going to be something that, that makes sense that 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 gives you to me we've always talked about how um a depth of christianity gives you a little bit sense of a depth of life there's something about the spirit realm and and understanding kind of we've called it even sometimes we watch other people and think they don't even have quote common sense but my mom and i talk about quite often how that seems to be in reality the holy spirit the holy spirit gives you a sense of what the world's about and it and it gives you a, a foundation to consider what is important and what is not. So when you're, you know, losing yourself in Jesus, I think this passage is when you've said, I, I don't want to save myself. I want to lose myself in you. Then he's saying by that very token now I can show you what real life is, right? Or I can lead you toward what truth, what what is going to save your soul, what's going to give you the depth of soul and, and 
and true that, that you're actually looking for that that's going to fulfill you I don't know is that yeah I, I think you know it's kind of like the illustration is who's best to fix your car than the guy who made it you know who's best to fix your incurable heart than the guy who made it and and I'm thinking you know uh, how is it what's the better way to get somewhere if you're going somewhere have someone give you directions and you follow them I don't know about you but I can't remember past step three most times I still to this day say send me you know if I don't take a shot a list to the grocery store I'm done um pretty quickly when I get there good news is I made it out pretty quick um or I come home with a lot more groceries than I needed but a GPS the one of the best things in the world that happened in navigation is turn by turn GPS it's like you have your best friend in the car with you going turn right turn left here you know um but but truthfully I think that you know having that um God didn't why are we spending so much time searching the Bible and searching self-help books and searching all of these things so we can figure out how to make ourselves better when what we've been invited to the gospel, the good news of the, of the gospel is we've been invited to be with one who is better, who loves us as we are and will give us guidance every step of the way. Jesus didn't tell his disciples, okay, now we've done three years. You have all the important things. Here's the instructions I'm going to leave you with. I want you to do this on this day of the week. Every season, I want to make sure that you have one celebration to remember that I left and came back. And I want you guys in the once a year to have this holiday. We're going to call it Christmas. It's to celebrate my birth. And I make sure that you have all the choirs and things happening and that people come. People are going to come around once a year and there'll be others who come. You know, he didn't give us a list of instructions and ways to follow. Make sure that you're always nice to the guy on the street corner and you know, these all the things. Instead, he gave us... Another promise, he said, I'm going to send. He said, I, I have to go f- away from you so that I can send someone to you. Jesus promised that he would never leave us. And he never. So is Jesus sitting in this room right now? Well, no, he's not physically sitting here. At least I haven't noticed. But he is sitting here because the Holy Spirit is here. And the Holy Spirit is, is, is part of who God is. And so Jesus promised that he would send another counselor. We are not called to spend our lives figuring out the rules in the book. We're called to spend our lives knowing the simple ruling guide, which is loving God. And I really, really am at this kick at my life going, I think Jesus needed to add love your neighbors as yourself just because he was in a conversation with people who weren't that smart and were having neighbor hate loving issues. (laughs) Because I think the truth is if you love God with everything that you are, he loves his people. He loves his children, so he's, you're going to love your neighbor if you love God and you see through his eyes. Mm-hmm. So while we can talk about loving neighbors as the second thing, it's still love God with everything that you are. And the neighbors and everything after that is going to take care of itself. Um, I think, uh, I th- we're, well, anyway, so we're supposed to have that understanding that it's, we're not chasing after guidelines for living. Here's six steps to happiness. We're right. one relationship to a joyful life well and yes but also jesus is a pure example of but it may not go the way you think and if you are sold out in the sense of over to him then your your best life may not be what you think it's going to be so you see a lot of people just really struggling a lot of people you know um whatever different types of sacrifices they're going through different types of hurts and whatever and i think that sometimes we get deceived and think our best life's going to be our own pleasures or our own happiness or our own this or that like you said you know 
this or that perfections we can find from self-helps and stuff like that. Jesus said, you're going to have to give up your life. You're going to have to. And he said, he the passage right before the one I read was Peter saying, no, don't tell us you're going to have to be killed and, you know, be raised on the third day. Don't, don't do that. It's not going to happen to you. And he says, get behind me, Satan. You don't have in mind the things of God, only the things of man. So the things of man are what, what tether us to this earth, what make us, you know, uh, kind of, um, I feel like, feel like anyway, make us fulfilling the flesh or fulfilling what is seemingly bringing us joy. And I think what we forget is that the things we give up, the things we, the things we sacrifice for each other, the things we, um, the things we overlook, like all these hurts on you know all the forefront right now of cancel culture and all that it's all about what the way you've hurt me or the way you've you know this or that or the way 200 years ago you hurt me or whatever it is that's doesn't make any sense to me but people used to in this country it used to be legitimately they gave up themselves for this country and for freedom and for yeah and that's what the military was all about give your life away basically so many so many young people went and gave their life away for during world war one and world war two whenever just because they believed there was a bigger cause there was something greater than they were greater than their experience right here right now it just feels like it's all about Me. pleasing ourselves and bring yeah giving making sure i'm happy and then you know whatever you and that's I mean, that's the greatest temptation we've got, I guess, because the enemy, that was all his deal, too. You know, you can have this, and you can have this. I don't know. I, a lot of questions come up with that. Um, so what it, you bring that to light, and it kind of the, there's two things that you talked about to me, and that was, what do you do when there's disillusionment? And I think that when we start to deal with disillusionment, life isn't going as I think it should or thought it should. Um, the, the questionnaire is, so how do you deal with disillusionment? You know, how do you deal with the fact that life is beginning to unravel? Um, it's nothing like what you thought it would be. And the second one is, is it wrong for me to be a planner, to, to, to have dreams and goals and visions mm-hmm. about what my right. future should be? Because you can't be disillusioned unless you had the, the illusion to begin yeah. with. This <laughs> yeah, is out of your illusion. You never really broke that word down before. That's very interesting. Um, so... You know, th- those are the two questions I guess I would have for you, right? Well, how do you deal with disillusionment? Since you in this relationship are probably the most disillusioned <laughs> of the two of us because you married a guy who didn't fulfill any of your visions. Well, that's not true. I'm <laughs> over I'm over self-deprecating. I hope I'm over self-deprecating myself in this self. I've said that word too many times now. It's starting to lose its meaning. Go ahead. <laughs> Answer the question. So how, did you, how do you deal with disillusionment, Tanya? You have the dreams that you have. Is it okay to plan? And what do you do when the plans don't work out? Let's just make it real hmm. simple. <laughs> So there, there are different types of plans that I think our brains maybe naturally do. There's some people that are better at planning and organizing their future, their thoughts about what is the future or whatever than I probably ever was. But things, things that you think are going to happen or think are ways that you think your life is going to go. Definitely we all do that. We all do that as girls. Um toward a you know maybe their marriage their family what's going to look like or maybe as a personality type you think I'm going to live this way I'm going to go this way I think back to the bottom line but if it's true that we walk with Jesus and he said follow me don't save your life you know or if you want to save it you're going to lose it if you lose it 
You'll save it. What that means is exactly what you're saying. Give it to me. Because if you if you think it's going to go this way, you're probably going to try to save that. In the middle of it, you're going to lose it. I, I see a lot of marriages that would fit in this category. Um, and I feel like early on, we could have had we, to me, not had I truly not had Jesus as my source, I would have seen, well, this isn't going the way I thought it was, and he's not like I wanted him to be, and this or that situation isn't what I thought it would be. Even even for me, it was, this is not honoring to God, or this is not, you know, whatever, the self-righteousness that comes in sometimes. Um, but I think because I, at, I genuinely think he would bring me back to, but is that more important? Is your, your way and your understanding more important than my way my understanding and the way that you can trust me and then when I came back to those things and gave that up again then I could for a little while see oh okay now I understand why you know maybe I want it to be this way maybe it's so you're saying with disillusionment then the uh, way you deal with that is by going back and doing a self-evaluation that's and saying and ask and when I say self-evaluation I mean a lay this out before God because a self-evaluation That's for a exactly Christian is you and me need to sit down Lord have a talk because apparently this is not what you had in mind well um, is that is that where you're going with it every bit? bit of my days have to be that way <laughs> <It's kind laughs> because <of> much daily <laughs> yeah I that's what journaling was all about for me it was <laughs> laying all my complaints and confusions and everything out because and it still is because I can't I can't filter through what is my human thoughts versus what is God telling me until I get it out of myself and put, and put it at his feet and say, I don't want what I want. I want what you want. And I'm not, I don't do that perfectly at all. I don't do it right most of the time. But I believe that I couldn't survive if it wasn't that because I'm disillusioned quite often. I mean, most of us throughout the course of a day could be you know discouraged by this or that or or thinking that we're less than here or there or thinking that we're more than and deserve more here or there or that we're you know whatever there's so many aspects to that so many so disillusionment is constant but I think that's why Jesus said these 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 are simple instructions they're just really difficult instructions they're simple in the sense that if you're worried about your own life you're likely going to lose it if you if you give it to me and let me worry about it and worry about your soul. In other words, to me, that's the part that you're saying. Worrying about my soul is seeking him so that he f- fixes me. He saves my soul. Then that's the only thing that's going to be really in the long term, anything that's in my hands, is to give it back to him. Everything else, if I try to hold on to it, it's going to be, I'm going to lose it. Well, it's interesting. Where It's I think sometimes we forget how lucky we are that we can even ask this question. You know, what if life doesn't go like we want it to? Well, if you're yeah. Anne Frank, yeah, um, right. Did you get to? Did she get to ask that question? I'm pretty sure life didn't go like she planned. She died young, right. and she spent most of a couple of years of her life in hiding in behind a wall in a house. She wrote a book that we mm-hmm. all had to read in high school, <laughs> and, um, and maybe just for that purpose to remind us that your life isn't necessarily yours. Um, and I, I, that's, that's a fair, we have the privilege and the, the freedom as a culture that we can live life freely and think about what we would want to do with life. And that is, 
a wonderful concept and, and a wonderful liberty to have, but it's also very much can be a very corrupting yeah, concept. Very and, so. and so that brings me to the second question is, is it okay to plan? Is it okay to mm -hmm. dream, to have a desire to, I just want to grow up and have a good living and have a couple of jet skis. These are all things I've never had. <laughs> um, you know, well, I've, no, that pretty much described everything I've never had. I've, I've had a good living if you qualify it by the wonderful number of children and the joys of those Christmases we'll never forget. That, yeah, and that God provided living. miraculously right. for all the kids. Um, but, uh, but you know, is it okay to desire some of those things and to want to work after those things, you think? Well, I, I don't know why you're asking me these questions. Maybe you should address them. I think that you... <laughs> <laughs> well, you think you have the wrong answer. I think that God... <laughs> I want to know as, what you think. Yeah, as creator God, us made in his image, I think he gave us that. That's a, a joy of living. It's considering the future, thinking what would we you know, love to see, dreaming up things. But just like that that proverb um, that we quote all the time, <laughs> help me quote it, um, a man makes his plans, but God the Lord his orders steps. his steps. It is not up to us to hold on to those plans so tightly that we are angry at God when the steps that he gives us are not of those plans uh, and I think that's where we make we when we turn those things into bitterness rather than thankfulness that's what I feel like he's shown me over the years is that there's a lot of plans I, I thought or things I thought my maybe even the structure of what I thought my home would look like or what I thought I was I've said that to you throughout the years well yeah. was that to me if I was running this show you know this is what it would look like I, we wouldn't have a tv here we wouldn't have this or that or whatever some things like that, I still look back and think, well, I probably would have been smart for us to do that. But I realize that not those things were not of the detriment of whatever God had given me personally to be responsible for, which was my walk with him. And if my walk with him is reliant on him and trusting in him, then I'm going to let him order my steps. I may make plans, but they, it doesn't mean that those are going to be ultimately his best for me and I have to trust that because I don't have anything else to trust in and I doubt myself and disappoint myself all the time and there's also scriptures like Proverbs twelve fifteen: the way of a fool is right in his own eyes but a wise man listens to advice so there's all kinds of things we think are right until we hear perspectives that are out around us, until we get married and we have someone else completely different perspective adding into things. That if we stay staunch in this way and, and determine that it's got to be our way, we're going to lose our life. We're going to lose what we have. Like you just said, we, there may be things we'd like, but the things we have, those are what we can be thankful for. We had many a Christmases we could be thankful for and we don't even know where that came from we have overwhelming blessings of kids who love us still even love Jesus and and are trying their best to survive in this world like we are and find his will and those kinds of things you you can't I don't think you can order and plan for right I guess that's what I'm trying to say so yeah feel free to dream plan but <laughs> understanding I think the whole time, and I think even James is referencing that we talked about that last night you know I said but that you know it's one thing to excuse me it's one thing to um, to make plans 
it's another thing to forget that part that James does point out. If the Lord wills, mm -hmm. um, God wants us to, we're, we're, God made us in his image. So the desire to create and to explore and to experience life to the fullest yeah, is one gift. thing. To assume that you know what the fullest is. Right, there you go. <laughs> is a challenge, uh, is, is a foolish gesture. Um, I started to say, um, a minute ago, I was, I was real proud of myself for coming up with this, so I want to just say it. It okay. probably has no context, but you were reading in Proverbs, and I, I don't know if you remember, I said this to you earlier this week. I said, when you don't like it, it's cliche. When you receive it, it's a proverb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like that. You said so, that today. Uh, well, so yeah, one but, of the things that... the truth of this message real quick. Is yeah, that, one of the know, things that adds exactly to what you just said is in that James passage, which is James 4, by the way, it's talking about those things, you know, don't... Uh, come and say today or tomorrow we're going to go and do such and such and whatever um and yet you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring the very beginning of that whole passage and talking about judging others and whatever is what causes quarrels and fights among you is it not your passions are at war within you so obviously we don't know what we want our passions are warring in us <laughs> and because of that we're not going to go we're not going to go to the places that God would have us go likely unless right, we're seeking right. him unless we're asking him to settle those passions and give us the you know order our steps or whatever so we can plan but when that becomes a war within us or causes fights and quarrels obviously we're not out for God's will we're out for our own yeah pleasure well i think with that we'll wrap it up today the question of the day i believe was should i follow my heart um that's where we wound up <laughs> yeah. that's where we kind of wound up on this and the answer to that question is no <laughs> you should follow Be really you should follow jesus um and that's right. you know and, and i and i'll add to that too and if you right now it's a time where um, people are afraid to gather. Some are afraid to gather and things like that. But the Bible tells us very clearly not to um, neglect gathering together for one another. If anything in, in this last year we've learned is mm -hmm. that people have suffered mm -hmm. for not being in the relationship with other people. And one of the ways in which they've suffered is having a smart or having a wise ability, have wise people speak into their life's truth. Mm -hmm. um, we need each other. We need someone who's not standing right in front of us. We talked about this yesterday. Um, or, the, or Monday when we were driving, we saw the mountains better. Because usually when we drive up mm -hmm. in the north of the peninsula, we, you drove a route that takes you fairly close to the mountains. But this time we were focusing on the shoreline. And we kept looking back going, those mountains are amazing. Mm -hmm. And and, we, and I just, it was like, it's because most of the time we come up here, you're like right on top of the mountains. You don't see them. And there's a weather factor because we live in Washington. But <laughs> could have just been a nice day. But I think mostly we were stepped back from it. And, and what gathering together does is it allows us to step back. So if you're out there and you're not, going to church anywhere because you're afraid to gather. It's way more important that you stop worrying about your life yeah. and tend to your soul than it is to be someone who is so worried about whether or not you lose your life that you lose it all. And I That's think true. if ever that message was relevant, it's relevant now. So I just kind of want to wind us up on that point and just encourage anybody at all who's listening, go to church. <laughs> go to a community, your community we'll and let people speak truth into your That's life. Right. We'll do our best every time we sit down to tell you the truth. But by golly, you need someone to look you in the eye and say what they said. All right. So thanks so much for listening. And um, we will see you again. Hear you. Well, we won't see you at all. Um, but <laughs> you'll see you. us or talk at us or listen to us again next time. And I'd ask mom and dad, still the number five star rated podcast by all three of us. Listening. Take care and we'll see you.